1: Edition of Phillies today. I'm your host James Seltzer. It is Friday, April the third, as we head into the weekend. After another tough week, we are now into April. After the worst March we can all remember, and um, you know, hopefully April will be better. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's just going to continue to be tough for a little while. But hopefully, we here can provide a little bit of a distraction, a little entertainment during these tough times. Let's dive in. Yesterday, we finished up our Major League Baseball. Power Rankings, of course you can go back and listen to the podcast of those shows, Um, and if you missed it, uh, 1 to 30, my Power Rankings, the Dodgers, number one, the New York Yankees, second best team, so if I had to broadcast or predict a World Series prediction now, I would have the Dodgers versus the Yankees, I think they're the two best teams in baseball, obviously this is all hypothetical, we don't know when and if a season will start, but... Um, that's what we do right now is is speaking hypotheticals and hopefulness. Uh, Dodgers one, Yankees two, Astros three. I think they're the clear three best teams in baseball. After that, we get our first NL East team, which we'll be diving into in a little bit. The Atlanta Braves at four, the Rays of Tampa Bay at five, the Minnesota Twins at six, the Oakland A's at seven, the Washington Nationals at excuse me, the Washington Nationals at seven, the Oakland A's at eight. The Cleveland Indians 9, the Cardinals 10, Cubs 11, Phillies making an appearance at 12th on the list, and you could argue they're as good as the Cubs or the Cardinals right there in that group. Brewers 13, Diamondbacks 14, the New York Mets at 15, so four NL East teams in the top 15. Red Sox 16, Angels 17, Cincinnati Reds 18, the Padres at 19, the White Sox at 20, those last two I think have a lot of upside potential with a lot of young talent. Rangers at 21 Blue Jays 22 Rockies 23 the Giants at 24 the Miami Marlins for me at 25 so all our analyst these teams in the top 25 and then uh the Pirates at 26 Royals 27 28 the Mariners 29 the Orioles in 30 and the Tigers that is something to think about though when you look at the the bottom four teams all al teams so that's good for the American League teams less so for the National League team today, after diving into the power rankings the last couple days, I wanted to dive a little deeper into the NL East teams and the competition there. Look a little bit more closely at each of those teams. We'll go from worst to best, at least in terms of my power rankings. Let's take a look at the team that will most likely not be a big factor in terms of competing in the NL East, but obviously will be a big factor in the fact that these NL East teams have to play this team, and they could be a bit of a spoiler as We all know they were for the Phillies last year. The Phillies really struggled against the Miami Marlins. Looking at the Marlins lineup, going around the diamond, I think when we get to their pitching staff, that is the area where you feel best about the Marlins. They have a really nice pitching staff that I think can compete on a night-to-night basis. A lot of young guys you feel good about, and that's not even talking about the prospects they have ready to come up, the Sixto Sanchezes of the world who aren't that far away. Um, But looking at the Marlins... um, Lineup first, you know, I think they'll be so-so. You know, it's not a killer lineup, but they've got some talent there. Uh, Jesus Aguilar at first, someone who had a monster year for the Brewers a couple years ago, but there's some upside there. He did not have a great year last year, but Aguilar has shown that he can hit at a major league level. Diaz at second is uh, a uh, non-factor, really. Rojas at short, not really a huge factor. Jonathan VR at third, coming off a monster season. Obviously, someone who can run the bases really well, can Um, make a difference uh, for that team. I think VR, a nice nice chip to have out there. And then an outfield, uh, uh, Brian Anderson in right, Lewis Brinson in center, and then Corey Dickerson in left. We all know what a nice player Corey Dickerson is. That dude can hit. Uh, He's the kind of guy I would have liked to have back on the Phillies if they had a spot for him. Um, Lewis Brinson in center is someone who was uh, the centerpiece of, of the Christian Yellich trade coming over. Obviously, that trade has not worked out for the Marlins. Brinson... He's yet to put it all together, but someone who clearly was a big-time prospect in the minors has a ton of talent, um, but just has uh, had some issues with strikeouts and stuff. If he could put it together, that could certainly make the Mons a better team. And then in right field, Brian Anderson coming off a a contending for rookie of the year type of season. It wasn't great. It was more the lack of quality rookies last year, but Brian Anderson's okay. He could play and certainly killed the Phillies quite enough last year. I think that lineup's not something to fear, but there is some upside there with that lineup. And then I think the pitching staff, they don't have a clear ace, but they got a lot of guys who who can can pitch. And, you know, I think all of them are better than Vince Velasquez and Nick Bavette I'll tell you that. Sandy Alcantara at the top, a nice young arm. I think he takes another step forward this year. He's not a, again, not a one or a two, but they, they have a bunch of threes, I think is the best way to put it. But Alcantara is a solid young pitcher who I think has some talent. Same with Caleb Smith, the lefty um had a nice year last year early on faded towards the end but nice uh strikeout pitcher has a lot of upside there as well Pablo Lopez I think it could end up being the best of this bunch talent wise the dude is just nasty he is a, a good pitcher um Lopez the number three starter Jose Urena number four of course we all remember him with the whole Ronald Acuna thing last year and throwing at him and that whole thing um but Urena's solid you know he's, he's, he's a four starter he's, he's fine he's not Anything special, but he can go out and give you some good starts. Um, and then Jordan Yamamoto uh, had some nice starts last year as well. Not anyone you're, you're afraid of, but a nice enough pitcher. And Alicia Hernandez as that swingman six starter also um, has had success in the minors. There's some upside there. So... It's a staff that doesn't have those aces at the top or anything like that, but I think they're all pretty solid. I think they're all guys that on any given night can give the Marlins a chance to win. And then the bullpen is is decent. You know, Drew Steckenrider is your closer is not someone you feel great about, but Brandon Kinzer, Ryan Stanek, uh, you know, Adam Conley, they got some arms. Pat Vendit, the switch pitcher, of course. I think this Marlins team, look, they're not great. Um, they are not going to you know, be a dominant force in the NL East this year. But I think just like last year, they're good enough to cause some problems. You know, they're they're just good enough to be pesky, to be frustrating. I think that, um, again, it's not a team that, that you fear. I think they are, you know, unless things go crazy, a borderline lock to come in fifth of the five teams in the NL East. And the NL East, by the way, the best division in baseball in terms of competitiveness. There are a lot of good teams in this division. You could argue... In terms of high-end talent, there are other divisions like the AL West that might be better. and all Central, you know, most of those teams can compete. Um, I think that would be another argument. But in terms of just across the board, I think the four teams that can compete in the NL East are, are good. They're good baseball teams, and any one of them can make the playoffs. The Marlins don't—I don't think they can make the playoffs, but I think they can be pesky. And I think they're better than your average worst team in the division, as we saw from the power ranking. So Marlins um, could be pesky. Moving on here, moving up the chart as we go to, in my opinion, the 15th best team in baseball, the New York Mets, of course, just suffered a major blow with Noah Syndergaard having to get Tommy John surgery. That surgery has already been performed, so we will see him in 2021, maybe 2022, depending on how that goes. And that's a major hit. I mean, that'll hurt the Mets. We'll get to the pitching in a sec. Going around the diamond, they'll hit. You know, I think they'll have a nice lineup. Pete Lonzo, of course, coming off that monster rookie season, 52 homer season. Um, just a a beast of a season for Pete Alonso, um, and uh, you know I think uh, he's a good hitter. You know he won the home run derby. He's a good hitter. He's a good hitter, and I think uh, I don't think he's quite as good as he was last year. I think that was, you know, fifty two is a lot of home runs, but I think he's a good player, and he's going to be someone the Phillies are going to have to worry about for a long time. Um, he can hit. Robinson Cano at second, of course, we know um, quite the defensive liability, but the dude can hit as well, so you worry about that. Ahmed Rosario um, was one of the top prospects in baseball for a while at shortstop. Um, Has not kind of lived up to that potential, but has, has been getting better. I think he's the type of guy who, if he takes a step forward, can make a big, big difference for the Mets. You worry about that. Third baseman Jeff McNeil is just... The most annoying guy to be on a team you're rooting against. He's just such a good hitter. You know, he's the kind of guy who will bat three over 300 multiple times in his career. Um, just a, a darn good hitter. And uh, frustrating that he's a med. I think he's someone who's going to really annoy Phillies fans for a long time. And I think the outfield can play. The outfield's all right. JD Davis in left is there's some upside there. He's a nice little player. You know, you don't feel super scared of him. Brandon Nimmo in center, a better player than JD Davis, a good player also pretty annoying to play and seems to just come through when you need it and Michael Conforto and right is a really 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 good young hitter you know this Mets offense is gonna be good you know I think defensively they might run into some issues but offensively they're gonna play and Wilson Ramos behind the plate they can hit they can compete um I forgot to mention Jorge Alfaro by the way with the Marlins of course uh, we all know about Jorge uh you know the pop is there and the arm is there we'll see about the rest um but this Mets team's gonna hit I I think they're gonna hit they're gonna compete from an offensive perspective they'll be a solid offensive team you look at the staff I think if, if Noah Syndergaard were there you'd fear them more even though Syndergaard has never quite put it all together still the talent is so high with him but they still have the best pitcher in baseball in my opinion at the top of their starting rotation Jacob deGrom is Just a stud. I mean, he is, you know, back-to-back Cy Young Awards. Um, He's just a really, really, really good pitcher, I think, in my opinion, when I watch, uh, and I watch a lot of baseball, as you guys know, I mean, uh, um, the best in baseball as far as I'm concerned. Better than Scherzer, better than Verlander, better than Cole. Yeah, better than Cole. Uh, Jacob deGrom is just a dominant pitcher, and on a night-to-night basis, I think is consistent a great starter, as we've seen in a while. Um, you worry about Jacob Pogrom at the top. But then after that, it thins out a bit. I like Marcus Stroman a lot. Of course, they traded for him from the Blue Jays last year. He's a nice pitcher. Um, but he's not Noah Syndergaard as their number two. And then after that, it does fall off a little bit more. Rick Porcello. I'm not a big Rick Porcello guy. I know he's won a Cy Young before, but I'm not a big Rick Porcello guy. I don't fear him too much. Michael Waka. I think that was a smart chance to take by the Mets. Waka has flashed a ton of talent in his time in St. Louis, but just never seems to be able to stay healthy or to put it all together. But I think a, a worth a shot there. And then Stephen Matt's another guy who just hasn't been able to put it all together, but the talent is certainly there. I think the Mets staff could be good. You know, I think they have, um, they're not as good on a high end level as, as the Phillies uh, with Nolan Wheeler at the top. But I think you feel a lot better about all five of those guys as a unit than you do about the Phillies five guys. So, that's a concern, you know, and they'll, they'll be a solid team. And I think the bullpen has a lot of upside, too. You know, you need um, uh, Diaz is really had a rough year, uh, rough couple years since coming over. He's not been the guy he was in Seattle. One of the best closers in baseball in Seattle comes over. Has not been able to put it together with the Mets, but... The talent is still there. He's still a really talented guy. So um, we'll see where that goes. But I think just in general, the Mets penn has the chance to be really good, unfortunately. I mean, Seth Lugo is a stud. I really like Seth Lugo, a big-time spin rate guy. They went out and got Dylan Matanzas. They're giving Matanzas a shot. If Matanzas is healthy, one of the most dominating arms in, in baseball, legitimately, and just a monster of a man. Um, Robert Gaselman, pretty solid pitcher coming out of your pen. Juris Familia, Brad Brock. This is the area if you're going to look for an area where the Phillies are or where the Mets are just significantly better than the Phillies. This is it. The Mets bullpen is significantly, legitimately better than the Phillies bullpen, like leaps and bounds better. I mean, it's not close. Now, I think the Phillies rotation with the tight top guys at the two end is close enough to the Mets and I think the Phillies are a better offensive team than the Mets, but there's a reason the Phillies and Mets are kind of grouped together as the third and fourth best teams in the NL East because they're similar. You know, they have similar types of talent, similar types of rosters in terms of, you know, what you can count on, what you can't count on. I think the Mets will be a solid team. And, you know, I, I have them below the Phillies, but it's not like I have them way below the Phillies. And if they finish in front of the Phillies, I wouldn't be shocked. If they finish behind the Phillies, I wouldn't be shocked. I do think again, Losing Cindergaard hurts. That's going to be tough to come back from. But Mets are a good baseball team, and they'll be okay. Uh, obviously, we'll skip the Phillies. We don't need to go through the Phillies lineup. We'll get to that at the end, talking really about how these compare to the teams. But in terms of my power rankings, I did have the Phillies next of the NL, te- NL teams. I had them at um, of the uh, NL East teams. I had them at number twelve, moving up to number seven on my list. We take a jump as the other two teams in the NL East. You have to put them high in the the power rankings. You just have to. I mean, this one, the seventh-best team in baseball going into the season, according to me, the Washington Nationals won the friggin' World Series last year. So, you know, I mean, credit where due. Now, they lost Anthony Rendon, which I think is a massive loss. I mean, I think that's really going to hurt them. But one of the things that, that at least I thought, could be a hindrance for the Nationals coming into the season was playing so deep in October. What's that going to do to the arms? How are they going to recover from that? You know, their first time going that deep into October, um, that is mitigated a bit, you know, with a shortened season, potentially with the season starting later. I mean, that's something where, you know, that's not as big a ding against them, so to speak. So they are fortunate from that perspective, at least in terms of, you know, getting ready and getting ready to roll. I do think offensively, I think you can absolutely argue the Phillies are better. In fact, I would say the Phillies are better. You look around the diamond, Eric Thames at first does not scare you in the least, whether it's him or Ryan Zimmerman, neither of those guys scare you starling Castro at second does not scare you trey turner at short's a really good young player obviously super fast a lot of talent you know turner's a worry carter kibu at 3rd has not shown that he could do it yet but um there's talent there uh, someone a lot of people like in the minors kurt suzuki you're not scared of though i guess you're scared when he plays the phillies because all kurt suzuki does for some reason is crush the phillies but um he is uh you know not someone you go in scared about the outfield's good uh you know you can't Sure, good. at Juan Soto in left field, obviously one of the better players in all of baseball, um, legitimately. And certainly the best player on the Nationals, Victor Robles in center. Super talented guy who, you know, you're kind of just waiting for him to break out. He's shown flashes, played well. But I think this could be the year we see the real Victor Robles, and that could be a big, big difference maker for this Nationals team. And then Adam Eaton in right field, assuming he can say oh, healthy, is a nice player. I mean, I, I like Adam Eaton. I think he's a, the type of guy I would want on my team. You know, scrappy good hitter can field can run and you, know, you like Adam Eaton um but you know you look at that lineup it doesn't it doesn't hit you like the Phillies lineup does especially with the idea that McCutcheon will be ready to start the season which seems likely at this point um it's not as good as the Phillies the Phillies have a better lineup they do the problem is then you talk about the rotation Max Scherzer Steven Strasburg Patrick Corbin and then it doesn't really matter but whether it's animal Sanchez Joe Roth Austin Voss whatever Voth, whatever it is um Man, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. That is a recipe for success right there. That's the reason they won the World Series last year, and it is just light years better than this Phillies rotation. I think we all can acknowledge that. I think we all know that. They are just a better, much better staff than the Phillies. So I, I think you have to put the Nationals above them. I Do you think the Phillies uh, aren't that far away? From the Nationals. I think they compare, especially. I think, you know, one of the areas uh, that the Nationals are weaker in is that bullpen. They do have a um, some arms that, you know, Doolittle is a closer, obviously went through a lot of struggles this, last year. They did get Will Harris, which I like that move, but, you know, Daniel Hudson and then a bunch of guys you don't feel great about, Ronnie Elias. I mean, they don't have guys you're scared of in the bullpen. So I do think that that is an area where the Phillies are similar to the Nats. And I think. The Phillies, um, you know, it's just the rotation is so much better, and their lineup is good enough—not maybe not as good as the Phillies, but Um, close—that you have to give the Nats the edge over the Phillies. But it's close. I think that those two teams are similar. Though again, I do have the Nationals higher in my power rankings, and I think you have to. And again, they won the World Series. They're the defending champs, and, and that starting rotation is just so much better, so dominant. But I think you have to give them the the award there as far as it goes. Um, And then you get to the team, which I think is just, I think clearly the best team in the division. No, they didn't win the World Series last year, but they won the division. Uh, They won the division a couple years in a row. They're just a really, really good baseball team that's put together well. Um, It's a team that is good uh, really in every facet and is deep. And they have guys in the minors that can keep cycling up. But you go around the diamond, I mean, Easily the best lineup in the National League East, and I really like the Phillies lineup. But Freddie Freeman at first, best first baseman in baseball from an offensive perspective, just a stud. Ozzy Albies at second is a really great young player. Dansby Swanson at shortstop. Talked about this the other day, but um you know last year really finally shown why he was the number one overall pick in the draft just kind of a breakout season for him a really good player there as well third base whether it's austin riley who we saw flashes from and obviously has had some minor league success or carmingo they are or Car- Carmego, they are a uh they're good enough you know third base probably their weakest position but a talented talented infield and then the outfield is can play man i mean ozuna and left that was a really nice pickup by them we all know the type of player Marcelo Zuna is, he makes them better, period. He makes that, that lineup better. Um, so Zuna and left, Ender and Ciarte and center, just a nice quality player to have on your team. And then Ronald Acuna is probably, um, you know, obviously Harper's right there and Soto's right there. But um, I think Ronald Acuna, probably the best player in the NL East. So um, it's a dynamite lineup. It's a dynamite lineup. They're going to score runs. They're going to be good defensively. It's just a, it's a good team. They're a good team. And then, You know, the starting rotation doesn't scare you per se, but it's deep. Mike Soroka had a great year last year. Uh, Mike Fultonavich, two years ago, was a stud. Max Freed has flashed such talent. Cole Hamels, of course, we all know. Um, And then whether it's Sean Newcomb or Felix Hernandez or uh, Kyle Wright, I mean, they have so many options for that last spot. They have so many guys in the minors they could just cycle up. They have a lot of high-end pitching prospects. They're just such a deep team and a talented team. And then guess what? The bullpen is pretty good too. I mean, Melanson is hit or miss, but Will Smith, going out and get Will Smith was an underrated move, a really smart move by them. Obviously, the closer for the Giants the last few years, just a talented guy. Shane Green... Also was a closer for the Tigers. Just they got a bunch of guys who can fill that role. Luke Jackson closed for the Braves last year. A nice pitcher. Um, Darren O'Day, a nice matchups guy. Chris, uh, Chris Martin, who's a stud. They went on to Chris Martin. I mean, it is the deepest bullpen in the National League East, and that's including a Mets team that is a really good bullpen. It's the deepest rotation in the National League. And again, not high-end-wise. They don't have the high-end guys that the, the Nationals do. The Nationals certainly have the best rotation in the National League East. But... The Braves, just on a night-to-night basis, and then you look at this lamp, they are just, in my opinion, just easily the best team in the division. And they have the best lineup, too. I don't think there's any question. I mean, you got Freeman Acuna uh, are two of the five best hitters in the National League East. Albies, another step forward, could be the best second baseman in the NLE. So Zuna is a stud outfielder with a big-time power bat. Darno behind the plate. They went out and got Travis Darno, coming off his best year. Um, and again, I can't emphasize the depth the depth that they have I think is going to make such a difference for this team so you know when you look at the NL East when you look at the way things shake out I think I feel pretty confident in how these teams ranked. the Braves are the best the Nationals second Phillies third Mets fourth Marlins fifth and I think the only things I feel super sure about are that the Braves are the best and the Marlins are the worst you know I think those three teams in the middle could really kind of rotate one or another I think they're in the right order heading into the season I know a lot of people still have the Mets ahead of the Phillies I wouldn't do that especially after losing cinder guard though again I get it look that in you know certainly in one fast of the game they're way better than the Phillies that bullpen is way better and you know you got to Grom and you got like, a lot of bats I mean they're a good team um I think the big takeaway from this exercise and we all know what the Phillies lineup is and if we're good about Harper and McCutcheon and I think there's a lot of upside there I think De's gonna make a difference Nolan Wheeler at the top is better than it was the last two years. I mean, that's something. The bullpen is a major worry, but I do love Hector Neris. Um, I think when you look at this division and really kind of break it down like we're doing, you realize this is going to be a super, super competitive division. And it's frustrating. I mean, wouldn't it be great if the Phillies were in a division with teams like the Orioles or the Tigers or the Mariners, You know these types of teams that are just... Um, just not as competitive. I mean, like, look at the AL Central, for example. I mean, you have the Indians and Twins, who are both really good teams, like legit teams, um, both in my top 10 overall um, when looking at all the teams in baseball. But then you get the Tigers, who are one of the three worst teams in baseball. You get the Royals, who are one of the five worst teams in baseball. And then you get the White Sox, who have a lot of upside, but are still the 20th best team, in my opinion. Best case, they're the 15th or 16th best team, most likely. Um, it's just such a big advantage for those teams, the Twins and the Indians, whereas the Phillies are really going to have to battle a lot more. It's going to be a lot tougher road for them to hoe, so to speak, to make it to the playoffs just because each of these teams, the Mets, the Nats, the Braves, the Phillies, all of them can make the playoffs. Uh, honestly, I mean, I think the NL Central with the the Reds, the Cubs, the Cardinals, um, and the Brewers, I think any of those teams can make the playoffs. But I think those might be the only two divisions in baseball where you, there are four teams where you feel like, oh, any of those guys can make the playoffs. You know, you look at the the AL East, the, the Blue Jays, very unlikely to make the playoffs. Um, and, of course, the Orioles, unlikely. We talked about the AL Central. The AL West has the Rangers. Uh, the Mariners not making the playoffs. You know, you look at the NL West. The Rockies are bad. Um, you know, I think the Diamondbacks and, and – uh, uh the dimex have a chance to make the playoffs um but you know you wouldn't feel great about the giants aren't gonna be very good i think that you know you look at the nl east the nl central i think they're just handily the two most competitive divisions in baseball and the nl east is definitely the best and the nl east in terms of high-end teams in terms of i mean again they have four teams in my top 15 i mean that's strong and they have two in the top 10 two in the top seven it's gonna be tough it's going to be a fascinating season whenever it does happen and whenever it gets underway. is um, I think the NL East is going to be the most competitive, toughest, most well-fought-out division in baseball, and um, I'm fascinated to see how it goes. And, and hopefully hopefully, it happens as soon as possible, obviously, because we are all craving baseball, craving sports. It is, um, it is tough without them. Um, but whenever they do happen, we'll be here to continue to preview it, to talk about it. Everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thanks for, for listening to the NL East action that we talked about today, the power rankings earlier. And, um, you know, hopefully you can continue to uh, provide a distraction and uh, some entertainment in these tough times. So, again, um, have a wonderful weekend. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, um, be careful out there. And, uh, and we'll be back next week. We'll continue to have a little fun as much as we can talking baseball here. So, until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Philly Day right here